Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Welcome, listening friends. This is a day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it here on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. And we appreciate you tuning in with us. I'm Elder Joe Nettles, and I also welcome you on behalf of Elder David Wise. We're partners in this ministerial effort, and we invite you to our respective churches. I pastor Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and he pastors Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church on Highway 15 near Ackerman, Mississippi. Both of our churches meet 10.30 a.m. every Sunday morning. Go to the website that uh, is associated with this broadcast. It's gospel-of-grace.com. You'll be able to find uh, frequently asked questions, links, uh, church locator, and archived messages. We have been blessed for several years now to host a abbreviated service and fellowship every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. in Starkville, Mississippi, not far from the Mississippi State University campus. We are on the grounds of New Covenant Church, and that's located at 200 West Garrard Road, that's G-A-R-R-A-R-D, in Starkville, Mississippi. We meet at 6 p.m. every Wednesday night and would love to have you. We present for you today a series of messages regarding the Apostle Paul as our pattern. Bear with us, stay with us, and right after this hymn, we'll be right back with today's message. Thank you so much, dear friends, for staying tuned with us here at the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. If you are a return listener, we are very thankful for you, and we hope and pray that we're able to feed your soul in Jesus a little bit this morning. If this is your first time tuning in, then we welcome you, 
And if you would like to catch up on some past messages, go to gospel-of-grace.com and you'll be able to listen to archived messages there. Again, I'm Joe Nettles. I'm turned in my Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 15 through 16. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. As we pointed out to you, the Lord was long-suffering toward Paul. He was able to live a long time during his life persecuting Christ before the Lord changed him, before he was born again, became a believer, and served Jesus Christ as that eminent apostle. Notice he said that in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all long-suffering. Now, first there doesn't mean in numerical order, but it means in order of power. I mean, if you look at the, how the Lord dealt with the Apostle Paul, it is a top-shelf experience when it comes to the power of Christ being wielded on a fallen, dead, alien sinner. But this series of messages that we began last time that I spoke with you here on Gospel of Grace radio broadcast focuses on that saying, for a pattern, to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. How is the Apostle Paul our pattern? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you're listening to this message today, Paul, writing of the inspiration of the Spirit of God, said that he is the pattern, your pattern, whether you realize it or not. How is it that Jesus Christ chose the Apostle Paul and made him our pattern, a pattern to everyone who would ever enjoy life everlasting, to anyone who would ever be quickened by the Holy Spirit of God and would know Jesus Christ in their hearts first and foremost, and then as a result, if they come under the sound of that blessed gospel, rejoice in belief of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How's Paul the example to believers today as to how we've been saved and how people are still being saved? How's Paul our pattern? Well, we tried to look at some of the facets last time of the apostle Paul, of his life, of his ministry, of his conversion, regeneration, of his ministry. And I couldn't find any likeness with the experience of the Apostle Paul and my experience. Not to the point where I would say he is a clear pattern. We looked at, one, his lineage as a Jew, his raising strictly under the law of Moses, the education that he obtained, which was very top shelf, that uh, he was not born again through gospel means, uh, certainly uh, a lot of people claim today, I don't, thank God, because I believe you're directly born again, regenerated by the power of Almighty God before you can ever come to understand and believe the gospel. But yet, for you people out here who may be listening to my uh, voice today, many of you believe that you're saved for heaven because you heard a gospel message and you decided to respond in an appropriate way. That was not at all how God worked with the Apostle Paul. And if you go and read the book of Acts and his experience, uh, friends, you're going to find in Acts chapter 9, you cannot defend that with Paul being your pattern. So no, the gospel did not bring it about in his experience. So therefore you must conclude, you should conclude that uh, it wasn't what brought about eternal everlasting life in your experience either. Number four, in his conviction experience, he was convicted under a bright and shining light as light as the midday, brighter than the midday sun. 
that wasn't my experience, and I, it hasn't been the experience of most people that I know who've come to conviction and conversion. So I wouldn't think that was it. We spoke about how the volumes of work, how copious the works were that Paul did for the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't compare to the works of the Apostle Paul. That's certainly, I wouldn't think that's my pattern. Uh, and how much he suffered. Oh, he suffered immensely. I, I, I can't match that pattern. How about you? In persecuting believers the way he did before he came to belief in Christ. I certainly haven't persecuted believers. How about you? If you have, I hate to hear it, but yet at the same time, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, I trust you're not doing it anymore, okay? So good for you, but most of you under the sound of my voice have never persecuted a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, wanting them in prison, wanting them dead. No, I can't say that's part of the pattern or an exhibition of miraculous signs. I've never spoken in a tongue that wasn't my native language. I've never uh, been in a church meeting as spiritual as they have been, feeling like you're touching the very hem of the garment of the Lord and Savior Christ. You're so lifted up in the spirit of God. Uh, I've never seen a cloven tongue of fire above my head. I've never felt uh, a blowing wind uh, that I felt upon my skin that blew through the house in such a miraculous way that everyone said, obviously, this is the Holy Spirit of God. No, I've never experienced that. So I can't say that that is the pattern under consideration. So now we've talked about what it can't be. So let's talk about what it is. Okay, we never want to tear down without building something in its place. What then can it be? How then can the Apostle Paul's experience that he recorded for us by the inspiration and preservation of the Holy Spirit of God, how could that match the pattern of all in this day and age or all hereafter from him who are believers in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the New Testament church today? Uh, how is it that all of us are getting to heaven? Some people will say, well, you've got to tithe. Some people will say, well, you've got to confess to a priest. You've got to pray a set of beads. You've got to be christened. You've got to be baptized in water. You've got to accept and receive the gospel. And it has to be a certain gospel. And it can't be a, a, an errant gospel and yada, yada, yada. Friends, we're talking about something here. He said he's a pattern. And this pattern is alike to all brothers and sisters who are quickened to the Holy Spirit of God, love Jesus in their hearts, and will go to heaven. So let's just look at the church and see how Paul is a pattern for all of us here today. Well, first thing, the Apostle Paul knew that he was loved from the foundation of the world. Well, that can that pattern apply to all of the elect family of God? That means all who will live in heaven. In Revelation 5 and 9 speaks of the people of every kindred, nation, people, and tongue how that they will live in heaven one day? Well, yes, because they were loved from the foundation, from before the foundation of the world. They had an everlasting love set upon them by the thrice holy God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. The Apostle Paul writing, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. To what end? That we should, and notice that should is definitive. It is not used as a uh, maybe, should, if you look that word up, is definitive. He said that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. What he's saying there is he chose us before the foundation of the world to make us holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Notice this, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he 
hath made us accepted in the beloved. He said, before the world began, you were uh, predestinated in love to be holy and without blame before him in that love. And in doing that, you were placed in the beloved. Who's the beloved? It's Jesus Christ, his very person that was born 2,000 years ago and lived and preached and walked and lived a perfect life and died a perfect death and was resurrected for you. Oh, my friends, he was loved from the foundation of the world. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you were loved by God from the foundation of the world. Abraham was loved from the foundation of the world. Jeremiah was loved from the foundation of the world. Yes, I believe Adam, who is the... Uh, representation of the federal headship of Jesus Christ himself, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and other places, if he's living in heaven, my friends, and I personally believe that he is, then my friends, he's there because God loved him from before the foundation of the world. So that matches the pattern of every child of God. They loved from the foundation of the world. Let's look at a second way in which this pattern is alike to all of God's children. He lived, the Apostle Paul lived before he was born again. He lived according to the course of this world. In other words, he lived according to the ways of the world. The things of the world pleased him. Like a hog is pleased with the mud and the mire and the muck. So are we, before we're born again of the Spirit of God, when we're in our Ad Adamic original nature, the way we are all come into this world, conceived in sin, uh, you see, my friends, he lived according to the course of the world before he was born again. Now, someone will say, well, I never remember loving this world, and I never remember not loving God. Well, maybe you were born again, as was uh, Jeremiah and as was John the Baptist, when you were in your mother's womb. So before you could cognitively remember, you had been given a new spirit and uh, that you had a new heart. The laws of God were on your heart, and you didn't live according to the course of this world as uh, totally unregenerated people are. You know, but me, myself, my experience, I know there was a time in my life when I lived according to the course of this world. Ephesians 2, verses 2 through 3, wherein in time past, now this was written by the Apostle Paul by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now someone would say, well, not me. I've never walked that way. No. He doesn't stop there. He says, among whom also we all had our conversation, our manner of life. Uh, that's even before you could talk, you had a conversation, a manner of life. He said, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past and the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, all of us. You may be asking me too, brother Joe. You too, whoever you are asking that question. In Titus chapter three, verse three, the same apostle Paul says, for we ourselves also, he's counting himself in that, and everyone in the church, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Yes, friends, all of us had that nature before God gave us a new nature. And if you're here with a Jesus love in your heart today, listening to this message, then friends, you were given a new nature and now you have two natures battling within you. Go read Romans chapter seven. Okay, 
That is a light to all of the children of God, Paul taught there. Well, what's, what else is, how else is Paul's experience our pattern? Paul was born again immediately by the Holy Spirit of God. He was regenerated, born again, same thing, by immediate power of the Spirit. It wasn't a process. It wasn't a, a four-stage process. Uh, there weren't things he had to do to concrete it, to make it real, to finish it out. No balderdash. He was born again with immediate spirit regeneration. Why? Because he taught uh, the same thing that Jesus Christ taught. He believed what Jesus taught. In John chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus says the wind, when he's speaking to Nicodemus about being born again, he said the wind, that pneuma, that's also the word for spirit, the wind or the spirit bloweth where it listeth. That means where it chooses to. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that's born of the spirit of God. See, by the time you hear the sound thereof, that's the wording used here. And how does that relate to us? By the time we feel the experience of it, he said it's too late for you to figure out where it's coming from and it's too late and you're powerless to be able to stop it and control it and stop it from happening. He said, thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Sounds like Jesus was giving us a pattern and Paul matches that pattern. He is our pattern in the church today. John 5, 25, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and begin on their 10-step process to getting born again. No, it doesn't read that way at all. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. You see, immediately, that's speaking of regeneration. God speaks his life into your soul and spirit and you immediately become born again. So see, that is alike to all. So is everyone that is born of the spirit of God. Let's look at number four today. It's not through gospel agency. We alluded to this a uh, bit in the last uh, message on this series. What do I mean it's not through gospel agency? That means God does not utilize the gospel to make people born again and to inhabit heaven. No, according to the word of God, the gospel feeds sheep. It does not create sheep. It feeds sheep. Okay, who did Jesus come to die for? He came to die only for the sheep. We as gospel ministers don't make goats into sheep. No, friends, goats are unregenerated unbeloved people in this world who hate God and hate Jesus Christ, they will die in their sins. But the sheep he came down for and he died for them and paid their sin debt. So it's not through gospel agency. Now someone would say, well, I remember when I was saved under the sound of the gospel. Well, there was a saving experience under the sound of the gospel, but that salvation you experienced that day didn't reach into heaven and put your name on the Lamb's book of life. No, that saving experience you had was an experience in your heart and soul that saved you in your timely temporal life while you live here. You were given a knowledge, a, a, a justification in your mind and heart that your sin debt has been totally paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. What you received was a saving knowledge. But I can tear to tell you, friends, the effective power of God to save you by the justifying blood of Jesus Christ took place 2,000 years ago on Golgotha's hill on the tree of the cross and done alone by one person, the Lord Jesus Christ, and ascended up on high by the power of the Spirit of God and came before the offended one, the Holy Father in heaven. You, my friends, were 2,000 years too late to take any part in that. Okay? 
So it was not through gospel agency. There was no gospel preacher on the road to Damascus that day. All the preaching he'd ever heard was some of the greatest preaching that I could ever imagine hearing. I mean, power of the Holy Ghost. He heard Stephen preach with the face, as it were, of an angel. Uh, Stephen preached nothing but the truth. You can go and read the, every word of his sermon today in the book of Acts, but yet the apostle Paul just got angry at it. It made him more malicious. It made him more hateful. Notice in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, this is a faith written by the apostle Paul, mind you. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. What's he saying? This is a faithful saying. That means it's totally in accord with the faith once delivered to the saints. That which we, thank God, believe in the Primitive Baptist Church, we're still holding to that doctrine and practice today. And um, if you have doubts as to whether the church, the, the so-called gospel that your church preaches is lacking very many of these these uh, tenets of the faith once delivered to the saints, and I would encourage you study those things and come and visit us at the Primitive Baptist Church. We'd love to have you. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Somebody may listen to this and say, well, yeah, I can see why you're saying that, but I just won't accept it. Well, then you're doing that, friends, which is unworthy in the eyes of God because the Holy Spirit of God inspired Paul to write to Timothy that this was both a faithful saying and worthy of all, not part, not some, not I hope a few will. No, it's worthy of all acceptation. But it's up to you to compare what I'm preaching today with this word of God and to accept it as reality. Okay? That is something you can accept. People say, accept Jesus into your heart. Balderdash and poppycock. If he wants to get in that heart, he's going to get in that heart. But what you do need to accept is the taught and inspired truths regarding the person and work of Jesus Christ and of our Lord. Okay? So he said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men. Now, if somebody's just thinking he's the Savior of all men in the sense that he's given them corn to eat and uh, air to breathe and a sun to shine down on them. If you look in the context there, we're speaking theologically. It's not being spoken of naturally, materially. He said... Paul wrote, who is the Savior, that's capital S in the King James translation, of all men, especially of those that believe. You see, friends, if you look at the example of Cornelius, Cornelius was a man that had the Holy Spirit of God within him. He was acceptable of God. God was hearing his prayers. He was a man who feared God. He was already born again of the Spirit of God. He was already beloved of God. Heaven was already destined to be his home before Peter ever got there to preach the gospel. I can prove that with an open Bible to anyone who would challenge me on that. I'm telling you that can be proved scripturally in multiple ways. But yet, my friends, when he came, he was already born of the Spirit of God, blood-bought and heaven-bound. But after the preaching of the gospel got there to him, something specially, special or specially, according to 1 Timothy 4 and 10, happened to him. He became a believer in his mind, in the knowledge of the gospel, the specific knowledge of knowing about this Savior that already inhabited his heart. Oh yes, he was the Savior of all men. God is the Savior of all the elect. Jesus is the Savior of all the elect of God, but he does something special 
for those that believe it because they are imparted with a uh, power and a strength and a peace in this world that passeth all understanding when you trust and believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Notice Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, the Apostle Paul, whom I believe is the inspired writer of the book of Hebrews. We can agree to disagree, but uh, I'll, I'll believe you're wrong on that. I believe it was the Apostle Paul who wrote Hebrews chapter 8, the whole epistle to the Hebrew brethren. But in Hebrews chapter 8, we're going to read verses 10 through 12. Notice here, this points away from gospel agency as being the means of God putting away the sins of his people. Notice Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind. Not the preacher, not the soul saver, not the Sunday school teacher. He said, I will put my laws into their mind and I write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Definitive. And they shall not, the same people under consideration now, and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. We hear that from pulpits all over Christendom today. That except the preacher gets there, that fat chicken-eating preacher with feathery hair and shiny teeth who's uh, willingly taking more than your tithe. That's not to cast aspersions on all of them, but we see way too many of them out there. And they're telling you that there's no way you can inhabit heaven unless you do what they're telling you to do that day. I would tell you, brothers and sisters, don't you ever lift a man up on that pedestal. Only Jesus inhabits that throne. Uh, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, and that's the man. Not the good news of him, but the man, Christ Jesus. He says, they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Well, it's Paul teaching that it's not important to preach the gospel. He never taught that it's not important to preach the gospel. But friends, he also specifically taught here as Jeremiah did in the Old Testament from whence this came. And Paul did in other places teach that it's not the gospel, which is God's means of uh, bringing people into everlasting life and securing heaven for them. No, brothers and sisters, that's the, the work of Jesus alone, of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit alone. It is monergistic. The triune Godhead is the one that gives you life, preserves you in that life, and will deliver you from this low land of sin and sorrow and bring you to heaven one day. Oh, I'm so happy to preach that gospel. I'm so glad I don't have to go to bed every night uh, worried about whether I've done enough to go to heaven or whether I've done enough to go to hell. I can tell you every day I've done enough to go to hell. I guarantee you that. But Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, has always done everything necessary to carry his people to heaven. I rest in that, and I hope you will too. So we've got some more things we want to look at regarding this pattern of the Apostle Paul, but we'll have to address it next time I'm with you here on the Gospel Grace Radio broadcast. God bless you and good day.
If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. One day.